some people are just stuck in their ways or their ways of teaching so it was a fight to have her accommodate me for my accommodations I remember uh, missing an assignment and she didn't want to accommodate me by giving me extra time and my good old mother she's like oh no unacceptable <laughs> You're listening to the Water Prairie Chronicles, a podcast that supports parents of children with disabilities by sharing the stories of individuals who have grown up with disabilities and the organizations available to help parents along the way. Stay connected with us by clicking the subscribe button and leave us a comment if you want to join in on the conversation. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Water Prairie Chronicles podcast. We appreciate you joining us today and we have a special guest with us today, Kenya and now I know I'm going to say your name wrong because I didn't ask you ahead of time how to pronounce it. I want to say Gradnigo, but I think I'm completely wrong. So how do you say your last name? No, that is the closest anyone has ever gotten it. So you got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the Water Prairie Chronicles. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm going to let you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, and please say say your name correctly so that we can actually hear it and then and then we'll we'll go into the interview. Okay, great. Um, hello everyone. My name is Kenya Gratnigo. I am from Louisiana. I'm currently residing in Lafayette, Louisiana. Um, I am 25 years old and I recently just graduated with my master's in social work. Um, just started a new job as a social worker. And um, so far, I am just happy and excited to be here to tell my story once again. And a um, little bit of family background. I come from a close-knit family. Um, I have one older sister. Um, my parents are in the education field. My mom's a speech-language pathologist. My dad's a preacher, and he also works um, at a school as well. So. Um, pretty much come from a family that is um, in social services or the healthcare uh, field. So pretty much been keeping the tradition of continuing to serve and give back to the community. So the reason that we had you on uh, a few weeks ago, we had Julie Flagler on from, um, from Project Sleep. And we talked a little bit about her path with narcolepsy. We've had my son on, who's a little bit younger than you are, and he's told his story of narcolepsy. But when I was speaking with Julie, she had shared your story with me, and I wanted to bring you on because your story is a little bit different from theirs and that you were much younger when you were diagnosed. So could you tell us when were you first diagnosed with narcolepsy? I was about nine years old, and um, my mom actually was the one who noticed something wasn't right because I would always get notes home from school from my teachers saying that Kenya is constantly falling asleep in class. Um, her grades started to uh, fall and drop and I wasn't engaging in class. So my mom was like, okay, this is not my child. Something is not right. Let me go see what I can do. So she actually did research and at the time, um, narcolepsy was not heard of at all. So um, it was kind of hard to find a doctor or a sleep specialist to even um, do testing to see, okay, what is the issue that's going on. So um, I went to a sleep specialist and I did a sleep study. And at that moment, that's when everything all came together. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's narcolepsy. And I was like, 
being nine years old is like narco who what 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 is it yeah exactly <laughs> couldn't even pronounce it so i was like i don't even know what that is so um my doctor he really um explained to my mom what it was and the risk and unfortunately at the time um there wasn't medication because i was so young that um, was approved by the fda that would assist with the excessive daytime sleepiness so um, I was not on medication for a few months, actually, because of there weren't any medications. Um, everything was more for adults at the time. Um, so, in the next year, I was on a field trip at a, a planetarium, and I kind of had a little panic attack, and um, my teachers took me outside and to calm down, get some fresh air, and I was on a swing set, and I just remember blacking out. Like, I don't know what happened, just completely blacked out. When I came through, um, everyone was standing around me, wondering what happened. Um, my mom was there, so they took me to the hospital, did more tests, and I was diagnosed with cataplexy. Um, so the doctors pretty much were saying, you know, cataplexy is brought on by strong emotions, laughter, anger, uh, fear even. So me being at the planetarium triggered that and that's what caused my cataplexy. So for about 15 years now, I've been diagnosed with narcolepsy with cataplexy. That's a lot to take on as a young child. Yes. The, yeah. Um, let's go, let's go back. I, I want to break some of that down. Okay. But um, the doc, the sleep specialist that you saw, what field of study was he in? Was he psychology or neurology? Do you remember that first doctor? Yes, he's actually a pulmonologist, a lung doctor, but he has a certification in um, sleep disorders. So um, it kind of went hand in hand for him as far as um, those who have like sleep apnea. Um, or uh, people who have uh, insomnia. So, uh, and he was the first and only doctor at the time in Opelousas that specialized in sleep. So um, I, I looked up there because I hear a lot of times a lot of uh, patients who have narcolepsy don't have doctors or they, it's hard to find one in their area. So we, we was very lucky to have him be in our area and still is practicing in our area. When I commend your mom, because, you know, I, I know in our experience, I, once we found out, Christopher was around 15 mm -hmm. when he was diagnosed. I know it, the symptoms have been there for years, but he had an ADHD diagnosis. So a lot of it was just, you know, he wasn't focused. He wasn't, you know, able to, to stay up on things. So it was a little clouded by that. And then you also have that strong-willed child that's just going through changes like nine and ten okay you've got a, a change in life happening during that yeah. time and then middle school so a lot of our kids that that may have narcolepsy are going a long time before anyone even picks up on that it's beyond just being a willful child or being a, a, a sleep-deprived teenager things like that um, so I really commend your mom for even recognizing what questions to start asking with it yes um, my mom she so, is um, awesome and she's always that parent that she notices quickly like my children are not acting normal same with my sister she has a disability as well and um she wants to make sure that we got the best 
through schools, um, high school, junior high school, even college, and even still to this day at work, we are grown adults, and she is still like, make sure you do this and make sure you do that. I'm like, yes, ma'am, I'm on it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think she represents the parents who are listening to this podcast. Yes. Because the whole reason that we're offering this is to try to give parents some tools to know to hear a story of someone else who's been through that same path that their child is facing right now and to know what questions to be asking. So they're listening because they're already looking for that information. So your, your mom is, is representing all of these parents who are listening right now. I, I always love hearing about that because a lot of us as parents, we stumble on our path. We, you know, we ask questions, but we run into answers that aren't the right answer. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we take that answer as, as what it is. And so it takes, it takes some time sometimes to yes. find that, that, that right path for our child and to be able to help encourage them to be the person that they were intended to yes. be. So for you at, at nine and 10, all right, so you couldn't even pronounce narcolepsy, mm -hmm. much less really comprehend what was happening back then. And this is before the cataplexy. Mm -hmm. How did you, um, like, did you go on to an IEP at that point or a 504 plan? How did they accommodate for the extra sleepiness that was happening? Yes, yeah, so I um, had an IEP plan all the way up until college actually um so my mom since she has been in the school system for years she already kind of knew how that worked as far as getting accommodations so um what i had to do um when i was in elementary school particularly because that's when i was first diagnosed um it was kind of hard to adjust for me being a, a young student at the time because i was always the student that wanted to sit in the back and just stay to myself and with the accommodations <laughs> i had to be in the front of the class and if i was in the front asleep, row. <laughs> i had to stand up and i was like this is embarrassing <laughs> But I, I, I'm thankful that I went through because it taught me so much. Um, even to this day, I still have instilled some of those practices. Like I have to get up and walk around just so I won't fall asleep. But um, my IEP plan was um, pretty much personalized to what I wanted. Even though my mom at the time was like, she needs this, this, and this. But they made sure, and my mom made sure that it was something that i wanted so um and it was it was tough because being young i wasn't as social because of my narcolepsy i wanted to stay home and just sleep i didn't want to do any homework i'd rather just sleep instead of eating or even uh being interactive with my peers so my iep plan uh had like you know extended time on homework assignments um, I had to take my medication at a certain time every morning when I did get on medicine. Um, also, um, assigned seating. I had a recorder in case I did fall asleep in class. I could listen to the recorder whenever um, I needed to go back. And I had uh, kind of extra help with other students who knew or understood my condition. I had friends that would help me or like, hey, you know, make sure you do this, this, and this, or even note takers, if you will, that was more towards um, college note takers that would take notes for me in case I needed. Because there was times when I was falling asleep taking notes and I'm looking at it like, what 
is this and what does it say so um it became very helpful for me and i'm thankful for that and um i suggest to anyone do not be afraid to ask for those accommodations that extra time um do what you have to do because it is hard trying to go through school and even work life and adult life without any kind of accommodations the um so you talked about the about having friends back in elementary school who understood mm -hmm. so that's that's a blessing in itself that that your friends understood do you remember when you first tried to explain to them like did they did they understand that they show compassion or was that hard to explain at first it was very hard to explain at first um it took me a long time to actually even tell them um they just knew i had a, a sleep disorder um i've actually shared recently and i don't think a lot of people knew that until i recently shared throughout elementary and um, middle school i had a nickname sleeping beauty because i was i used to do pageants a lot um when i was younger and um, I used to model as well throughout my teenage and young adult uh, life. So uh, Sleeping Beauty was my nickname. And um, actually one of my elementary school teachers gave it to me. <laughs> so, oh, no. yeah, yeah. I mean, he was a, he was a jokester. It was, it was no harm intended from him, um, but it, it kind of stuck. So, and it was, it was a good way to get me engaged as well because he'd be like, Sleeping Beauty, wake up. I see you falling asleep. I see you dozing off. So um, it, was, it was a little, okay. little fun in it. But um, what a lot of people or my friends didn't know was that I, I kind of fell into a depression because I didn't want to be engaged. I didn't want to hang out with friends. They did not understand what narcolepsy was. And my mom actually had to tell them, like, hey, you know, narcolepsy is a, a sleep disorder, and this happens. If she doesn't take her medicine, she could tend to fall asleep. Um, I could be very groggy if I don't get enough sleep. I don't want to be bothered. So, and, and they understood that. And I only had a good five friends, close friends, and still to this day, same five friends, um, that are uh, still hanging in there with me and they understand and they know like hey um can you we going out or are we going to eat dinner do you want to come and nine times out of ten i might say no because i want to stay home but they, they understand that or they'll come meet me be like okay you need to get out the house you need to go do something you need to see sunlight you need to see daylight good for them yeah they, they really push me and they know and they understand if I don't want to go somewhere because I'd rather stay home, they don't really force me. Um, and it's been like that right. since. When they're not offended. Yeah, right? they're not offended at all. They um, completely understand. Yeah. And they've been hanging in there for these so many years. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great. So to have those friends during those middle school and high school years was invaluable. Because those are tough years for the best of any kid. Mm -hmm much less to have to explain this so i did i did want to ask you so as you got into middle school and high school how did did you ever have any teachers who didn't understand or who gave you a hard time oh god yes <laughs> yes <laughs> i kind of expected that <laughs> yes um i actually did have one teacher in high school she did not want to I don't want to say she didn't want to understand, but she, some people are just stuck in their ways or their ways of teaching. Yeah. So 
it was a fight to have her accommodate me for my accommodations. I remember uh, missing an assignment and she didn't want to accommodate me by giving me extra time. And my good old mother, she was like, oh no, unacceptable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually, um, that's what I'm thinking about. Oh yeah. Mama's coming. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> she um, actually, we went a long time to try to you know because it dropped my grade i had went from like a a to a d yeah. and um it, it it was it was a little bad and it was a little embarrassing for me because i never wanted to be that student or um have your mom come and have to fight for you but i understand now as an adult that it was for good reasons and um she taught me how to advocate for myself did you start advocating in high school or was that later in college for you? Um, high school, um, around that time, I started, uh, when I was doing pageants, I started modeling as well. And I used that as my platform when I would travel Louisiana, um, even New York or wherever I was doing a fashion show or just doing a photo shoot. Um, a lot of people would see me and like, oh, you have, you know, that sleep disorder. I'm like, yeah, narcolepsy. And I just started talking and telling them what it was and, you know, um, just giving them the facts about it. And they was like, oh, God, that's so interesting. And then they start self-diagnosing all the members of the family. Like, I wonder how <laughs> right. it has it. And I'm like, well, maybe they should get tested. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait a it's, it, it is a rare disease, but you bring up a good point. You wonder how many people are going through their life undiagnosed right. because they don't know the right questions to ask. They just assume they're just tired all the time because they don't sleep well at night, right. which is true. However, there might be a reason that they're not sleeping well at night and they're tired all the time. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so, um, so moving into college, so, you, so an IEP only goes through high mm -hmm. school. I'm assuming that you transferred and worked with disability services for your college, is that correct? Correct. Um, I went to Northwestern State University in Natchitoches. I started off in nursing and um, realized that it was not my path only because um, <laughs> it was a lot because I was adjusting with medication as well at that time. I had eight o'clock classes and I had to take um, certain medicines at certain times and the time frames were conflicting and um, I started to drop like classes and I, I was tired I didn't want to go to class and it, it was just a lot on my plate I wound up taking a time some time off from school and um, my advisor told me she's like hey either you sit out for three years or you know take up another career path a major and I was like I don't want to take off for three years, so I'm going to switch to psychology. I had a lot of credits towards that. And um, the Office of Disability, they really were very helpful. Um, has the similar accommodations to what I had in high school and elementary as far as extended time on assignments, um, assigned seating, note takers, um, sitting uh, in a secluded area for testing if I wanted to take a test with the class or if I wanted to go in another place where there was more quiet and less distractions and less people, uh, I could have did that and I used it to my advantage and I do not regret it at all. <laughs> One of my accommodations was as well in college was um, I had first pick on my uh, dorm. Um, I had to be on the bottom floor. And um, instead of four people in the room, it was two of us at times, me and my roommate. 
and um, I had the same roommate throughout all four years of college, which was very helpful as well because she knew nice. my condition and understood what could happen if I had a, a cataplectic episode. Right. So were you on the ground floor because of the cataplexy or because of sleeping too 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 deeply during the night? Because of the cataplexy. Um, I also have a handicap sticker because of the cataplexy as well. And a lot of people are like, how did you get that? Like, you know, when you think of disability, most people think of something physical. And I, to me, I, I kind of get tired of explaining that portion of it um, for people who don't understand. Uh, but I do encourage if you want for those who want to get a handicap sticker to talk to your doctor and then go to your local dmv because it does come in handy um especially for me since i was on a, a wide campus and walking back and forth you know i just never knew what could have happened so driving for me on campus was very beneficial so Driving brings up a question that I wasn't thinking about earlier, but do you have any special note on your license or anything that you have narcolepsy? Did you have to do any type of medical approvals? No, um, actually I didn't, just the handicap sticker. Um, and it's rare that uh, officer or someone would ask, you know, hey, why? well, I only had one, it happened to me once, an officer asked me like, hey, you parked in handicap, but you're not handicapped. I'm like, yeah, I have I have narcolepsy with cataplexy. And it's like, oh, wow, what is that? You know, it sparks up a conversation in the parking lot. But um, it, it's beneficial. <laughs> so, um, no, I haven't. I don't have any anything on my license or anything saying that I have narcolepsy. Do you have any accommodations that you use at work right now? I currently do not, only because I choose not to. Um, I'm a firm believer of challenging myself and that's how I know I could get better like I know what my limits are and for me being active is one of my biggest things that I'm like a stickler about because that's how I got through most of my high school and college days I was always active doing something whether it was playing basketball running track uh, taekwondo dancing or uh, just um going to the park just walking whatever it was i always want to be active because if i'm just sitting around at home then that's when the sleepiness is going to really hit me so um right at my job i do a lot of walking around um and a lot of the patients that i work with and their personalities are just amazing and they keep me motivated and moving and just pretty much being a teacher is is what I look at it as. I'm constantly moving and doing things on the board and just on the go, always on the go. My watch stays going off because of my movement. Like, yeah, you close your ring for today. <laughs> so, um, and that's one of the benefits of my job, what I do. So, um, I really don't have any accommodations at work, but if I wanted to have some, I'm pretty sure my job would uh, accommodate me. Did you, um, whenever you, you apply for jobs, do you disclose it right away or do you wait? Yes, I do disclose right away. Um, and most people now in the health field, they know what narcolepsy is or have an idea of what it is. So they're like, oh yeah, you know, if you need an extra break or if you need a caffeine, let us know. We'll have it on deck for you. And so yeah, they're, they're mostly understanding about that and, um, 
my coworkers they they tend to check in on me and they always ask hey you want some caffeine you need a coke you need something to snack on i'm like no i'm fine i got it or if i'm just sitting there kind of just dazing off they're like are you okay are you you good i'm like yeah yeah just <laughs> just in deep thought <laughs> so yeah well you know sometimes people just get tired <laughs> too, yes. and, and, and and that is okay <laughs> yes but I'm, I'm i'm glad to hear that you're surrounded by so much support that's that that that's the ideal situation i mean it may it may get a little irritating at times if you hear too 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 many people asking if you're okay but at least you know if you need some help there, there are people around you who can 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 come and jump for yes you. do you now we mentioned um when you were first diagnosed, you were too young to take medication. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the stimulant medications aren't approved until age 18. We, we face that with my son as well. Um, do you mind talking about the medications that, that, that you tried? We, we don't need to talk about the right. name, but just the types of medications. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so go ahead and tell, tell us kind of what, what, what your journey has been on that. I have pretty much been on every medication I've tried that was... Um, Pretty much either just coming out or new medications for uh, narcolepsy, especially with cataplexy. Uh, my doctor mostly focused on trying to, uh, I don't want to say cure, but uh, pay attention more towards the cataplexy more than the narcolepsy part. Because um, that is more of the danger um, in my case. So I had um, stimulants. I've been on stimulants before, antidepressants, um, central nervous system depressants. Um, uh, it's, it was so many uh, trial and error for me because, you know, of course, with side effects and everything, you have to figure out what works best for you. And then me being at work, we don't want anything to overlap over to the next day when I still feel sleepy because um, I would have to drive. Or um, when I was in school, I used to drive in my master's program back and forth, and I would be on the road for about almost an hour, two days out the week driving back and forth. So I had to make sure that whatever medicine I was taking at night didn't too much overlap over to the next day when I had to be up for 6 o'clock to go to work. Um, so, I, yeah, I've been on pretty much almost every medication out there from... Uh, stimulants depressants antidepressants um and right now i'm happy to say that i'm not on any medications because i figured out what what works best for me and that's just being active how do you like how do you start your day how do you how do you get yourself up to get the day started so it depends on um actually how i did the day before but normally, um, I try to be up for 7, 7.30ish. Um, I have several alarm clocks, <laughs> so um, that is not uncommon. I have seven alarm, several alarm clocks because um, I'm the type of person, five more minutes is five more minutes. I need five more minutes just to wake up. So um, I get up and I just sit on the edge of the bed just to try to wake myself up, wake my body up. Um, and then I just do normal morning routines. I try to be back home for at least 9, that way I'm in the bed by 10. But that's not always the case because sometimes I'm in the bed at 10. But I'm still up watching TV and then I might not fall asleep yeah. till 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. But I don't feel tired. 
tired because I, I had a good day, if that makes right. sense. Um, right. It wasn't right. wasted. No, I understand that, yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you, so you're talking about waking up in the morning and setting up. Do you ever have moments where time has passed and you don't know that it's passed because, because you go into more of a, an un, unintentional sleep? Yes. And, um, a lot of times with me, it's the, the vivid dreams that I have or, um, just my doctor last, I spoke with my doctor. He's, he was like, Oh, you could be having cataplexy in your sleep and you, you don't even know it. So, um, that kind of scared me a little bit. I was like, Oh, wow. Um, okay. So I actually, when I do get up and sit on the edge of the bed, sometimes in my mind, I'm thinking like I'm fully awake, but other times I'm just actually still sleeping. With the cataplexy, do you take a medicine at night that makes you go into a deeper sleep? I to treat that. I know I've, I've I've heard a few parents talking about their kids being on something like that. Yes, I used to uh, take a medicine, but um, kind of wing myself off of it. So um, when I was on it, it was two doses I would have to take, and. I felt like it kind of broke my sleep because once I'm in a good deep sleep, I am okay. But with the, that certain particular medicine, you had to wake up and take a second dose. And um, I wasn't a fan of that portion. But um, as far as the cataplexy and my doctor mentioned it being happening while I was asleep, it was very scary because I could feel myself or my body just like jumping or um, restless legs constantly moving and that would be what would make me feel restless when I wake up because my body was constantly moving while I was sleeping now I'm awake and I'm just like groggy and just like Ugh, what happened I didn't really get adequate sleep <laughs> all right so I want to move into what you're doing with project sleep because you're on the board now right yes you're you're very young to be a board member <laughs> to, to tell you that to begin with so how did that come into being um so i've been a part of project sleep since 2015 i was a, a scholarship recipient and ever since then um that's when i felt like and i knew that narcolepsy had their own little community and i was like i get to be a part of something <laughs> so um that was my first engagement and experience with Project Sleep was with the uh, scholarship and ever since then Julie and I have been on uh, in contact with each other constantly every year for the um, when they do the scholarships we would do a zoom call with the recipients past recipients and current recipients just kind of giving them um, accommodations and just words of encouragement as they continue their college careers or as they start their college journeys. Um, myself and another recipient had did a narcolepsy nerd alert um, called Navigating College with Narcolepsy. And um, we did a toolkit as well where we told our stories about our separate journeys throughout school and the kind of accommodations that we had throughout school. and. Um, what accommodations were offered at our schools and how you can ask for accommodations at your school. And um, I did a lot of um, webinars and Zoom calls with Project Sleep, um, representing them, um, just 
telling my story and my journey and being as young as I was when I was first diagnosed um, has been an awesome experience and I hope to continue and I will continue regardless if I'm on the board or not on the board. Julie would not get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you, you mentioned the Nerd Alert mm -hmm. and the toolkit. Um, I want to link that in the show notes. So we'll, we'll, cause I know that's, that's on the Project Sleep website, mm -hmm. but we can, we can pull that out. So if you're listening, check the show notes for the, the audio podcast, or if you're on YouTube, look in the description below and we'll, we'll put the links there. Um, cause that way if anyone's at that stage or heading toward college, they can see, see what you put together for that too. And then, um, so this is being released in September of 2022. This year, World Narcolepsy Day is what day? September 22nd. 22nd. So if you are not aware of it, coming up soon if you're listening to this when it first came out if not watch for it next september is it always on the 22nd or is it does it change from year to year it's always on the 22nd okay so september 22nd is always world narcolepsy day and that's world that's not just the u.s correct all over the world and project sleep has a sleep in is that what they call it every year? yes it's not the same date as um world narcolepsy day it kind of just varies and um, we try to keep it around the same time, like a week of events so it could lead up to World Narcolepsy Day. Um, so it's very fun because we do like little virtuals, little Zoom calls. You could be comfortable in your pajamas. It's so fun to see everyone around the world just participate and get together and just celebrate narcolepsy. And not just narcolepsy, any sleep disorder. Right. Right. So, so if you have sleep, sleep apnea or what are, what are some of the, are, are there others besides narcolepsy and sleep apnea? Yes. Um, there is idiopathic hypersomnia, insomnia, narcolepsy with cataplexy, narcolepsy without cataplexy, sleep apnea, um, restless leg syndrome. It's, it's a variety. <laughs> okay. So anyone listening may have any experience with any of those things and the sleep in is for you. Yes. <laughs> Um, we'll link the Project Sleep website as well so that um, anyone listening can kind of look in and see see what I was going on. But I came across that last year um, when I was first starting to think about putting the podcast together. And, and I, I thought it was really just kind of a fun a fun situation as far as, you know, appreciating sleep, mm -hmm. but, um, but recognizing that there are those around the world that, that struggle with sleep issues that it's beyond their control, but there are some medical helps that can be there to help them get a better night's sleep and to um, to have a better quality day because of it yes so um, so fun is there anything else that that you're doing with project sleep right now um currently just working with um what we have what we call our impact report so just pretty much staying on top of those who um, either just recently got diagnosed with any sleep disorder or um scholarship recipients just pretty much staying up to date with um members of our or organization or even people who not a part of the organization um, I have talked to a lot of people who just found out about Project Sleep or just got diagnosed and they want to know how to get involved or what they can do to um, better their uh, living situations or accommodate themselves at work or at school so um, that's pretty much where I am um, of course I want to dibble and dabble in everything but gotta give people opportunity to <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Um, I did want to ask you too, the um, the scholarship, what is the name of the scholarship? Jack and Julie Narcolepsy Scholarship. Jack and Julie. And that's given to graduating high school students that are going into college for the first time. Is that correct? Yes. And I noticed there was a there was a big group of of recipients this year. It's it's not just one. And a lot of times when you apply for a scholarship, it's just one person. Um, you're you're awarding quite a few out each year for that. Yes, every year is getting bigger and bigger, and I, I'm so glad because that means that we are doing what we can to get the word out, and more and more people are seeing it, they're hearing it, and they want to be involved. So I'm so excited. So hopefully next year we could give out more scholarships. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, we weren't aware of it at the time. Um, we, we found that later. But um, but I was excited to see that there was one, because you have different disabilities that are represented in different areas. But again, narcolepsy is a rare, a rare disorder still. And so the awareness is, is not there yet. But there are a lot of students out there who are struggling. And just that little bit of encouragement to get them started in college, I think is, is a great way to, just to let them know they're, they're not by themselves out there as they get started going off away from home for the first time. Nice. Um, and so I was I was thrilled to see that, it, you know, and, and, it's, and when I say a lot, listeners, it's not just five, it was like a huge group of kids yes. who were all being awarded this year. So without further ado, we're going to go into our speed round. For those who are listening, if you haven't heard one of our interviews before, all of our guests go through what we call a speed round. And it's a way for us to get to know our guests in a different way other than what we are officially interviewing them for. So the questions have absolutely nothing to do with the interview at all. But um, but it's kind of fun hearing the dancers and seeing how even though we're interviewing all of our guests for different reasons, we have a lot of similarities once, once we get into these um, likes and, and dislikes. So it's a series of 10 questions. There's not really a speed side to it. You can take as long as you need to to answer them. <laughs> but, but the first three are open-ended questions where you answer whatever you want, and then the last seven are either or. I'll give you um, two two words or phrases, and you'll just choose one or the other. Or you can always say neither or both. So there really isn't a right or a wrong on any of this. So, <laughs> so are you ready? Yes. yes. All right. So the first question: What's your favorite color? Blue. <laughs> and what's the last book that you read? Um, a Stephen King book. I love Stephen King. So any Stephen King book, I am in it. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And what's your favorite holiday? Um, I would have to say Christmas, close to my birthday. <laughs> oh well, well, that's that's even 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 more so. As long as you're getting to celebrate your birthday and Christmas separately. Oh yes. <laughs> Good. <laughs> All right. So now for the either or questions: cake or ice cream? Ice cream. Batman or Superman? Batman. Ocean or mountains? Hmm, both. Okay, winter or summer? Winter. Watch a movie or read a book? Both. <laughs> Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings? Harry Potter. And Twitter or Instagram? Instagram. So Kenya, we appreciate you coming on today and sharing your story with us, helping us to understand narcolepsy a little bit better and giving us a good glimpse of childhood narcolepsy, which we have not had a chance to see before. So thank you for spending that time with us today. Thank you. Um, thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me. I enjoyed it and hopefully I will be invited back. This podcast is made possible by support from our listeners. 
we want to give a shout out to our superfan, Ravin S. If you want to help offset the cost of producing the Water Prairie Chronicles, become a supporter at buymeacoffee.com slash waterprairie. Leave a review about the podcast to make it easier for others to find it. And thanks for your support. You've been listening to the Water Prairie Chronicles. Any resources mentioned during this episode will be posted in the description. If you're interested in joining us as a guest, contact us through the links in the description below. Be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. We appreciate your support as we build this resource. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week for a new episode.